there, and welcome to the Birth Story Therapist Podcast, a safe space for mamas and parents to share their birth stories, discuss common issues experienced with parenting, feel heard and validated, engage in discussion about the complexity of their motherhood journeys, and how they manage their mental health along the way. Come here every week to hear from mamas who are just like you, figuring it out one day at a time. Hear from myself, Crystal, licensed therapist, host of this podcast, and private practice owner of Southeast Perinatal Counseling. I specialize in maternal mental health, if you haven't guessed already. I'll share helpful tips and techniques to manage your mental health as you navigate motherhood, both in the perinatal and postpartum period, as well as bring on other mamas so you can gain from their history, their stories, maybe some gems that you can apply to your motherhood journey. And of course, I also have on professionals in the maternal mental health space that might be able to offer additional techniques and resources to help you along the way. I'm so excited to have this mom join us on today's episode. I'll let her introduce herself, but before we do that, I just want to welcome you to this podcast, welcome you to this community. You know, we're a group of moms who all share uh the challenge of everyday life as it relates to raising smart and kind little humans and also navigating our other roles within our life. So I'm definitely excited to get into your story and to hear how, you know, you've been doing along uh, your years of being a mom and any gems and advice that you have for um, us listeners who can pick up on the things that have worked best for you. So as always, again, this is a safe space. I am honored to be able to hold this space for you and just know that you have an open ear and it's completely non-judgment in this space. And yeah, we're excited to have you. So go ahead, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Kanisha. Um, I have two kids. One is 11 and the other one is four. My 11-year-old is a boy and my four-year-old is a girl. So that is a gap right there, right? How, yes. Talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, you and your partner deciding to have another little one. Talk with us about that before we jump into your story, because that's a that's a little gap. There. That is a gap. I'll tell you why. <laughs> so my son, I had him. Well, let's. I'll start back. I graduated high school, went to college. Well, I went to Winthrop for a semester. Found mm-hmm. out I was pregnant, so I left. So I had my son at eighteen, going on nineteen. So I have him March, and I and I was turning nineteen in April. So my pregnancy with him, it was pretty normal. I really didn't have nausea or any complaints at all. Um, I probably had like morning nausea and vomiting like one time. Then the whole pregnancy, I was normal. Um, Then the day I was, I think I was one week, one week late. Yeah, I think I was 41 weeks when I had him. Because I remember at 40, I was like just one centimeter. I'm like, all right. What's going to happen? So the doctor, I think he, like, I think it's called sweeping your membrane when it's like speed up the contractions. Mm -hmm. So I just remember um, one night just waking up, intense cramps. Mind you, I've never had period cramps anytime when I have my periods, never had a cramp. So I'm, I'm just feeling this crazy, intense cramping, crying, but it's like, 
I was only in labor for four hours and then four or six hours and I had my son. Mm -hmm. So I guess being a young mom trying to um, balance college life, your life, your child, and like, it's like you're trying to handle being young and trying to figure out what you want to do and also raise a child at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the thoughts of first the labor and the contraction was one reason I didn't want a child so soon. Um, another reason, um, my husband was current now, then he was in Ohio cause he had, a, he was playing football. So it was like my family and his family. And when he would come home, it was like raising our son. But I was a first time mom. I was like a mama bear. Like, no, I don't need no help. I'm good. I don't want, um, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. I was like a stereotypical first time mom, like the commercials. And then, um, year, seven years, basically seven years apart. My, I had my daughter, my pregnancy with her. I was very sick. Like if I eat late, I would vomit. If I overeat, I would vomit. I had heartburn. It was like two totally different pregnancies. But the labor was smooth and easy. But with her, my water broke. My water did not break with my son. So when my water broke with her, I was just like, hmm, did I just pee on myself? Mm. And I was just sitting there like, I had to think to myself, like, did I, is this my water? Did I pee on myself? My, I never, with my son, I never experienced it. So I didn't know what I was going to experience. But with her, it was a quick in labor six hours and I had her. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's start with your, with what you said in the beginning. So you mentioned being at Winthrop and that's how I know you. Yeah. <laughs> um, being at Winthrop and then you leaving. So talk with me a little bit about what those earlier periods were for you as you, you know, experienced a shift in terms of your life, right? Like you were a college student and then now, you know, I'm about to be a mom. And so, you know, talk with us a little bit about um, the thoughts that maybe you had, the emotions that you had and how you navigated those um, so that you were able to, you know, move forward in positive or neutral type of way going forward? Um, I would say for me, I'm like a real calm, chill person. So it was like, I had the option of going back to school and leaving my son with my mother-in-law. But for me, I was like, I don't want to leave my responsibility on no one else. So when I when I left, I transferred down to a local technical college. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, like something that I could graduate with that wouldn't take too long, but it was like a good pay. But also it was a lot of I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I know I was really confused on what I wanted to do. And I think it's the the tiredness from being a first-time mom, mm -hmm. like you're waking up in the middle of the night with your kid, going, I was going to school, and I also started working too. So I was trying to juggle life of what, basically just doing as best as I could. Right, right. And you mentioned um, 
you know, navigating that balance of, you know, your own identity and who you are as a person and the things that you want and need within your life. Go ahead, Kanisha. That was hard trying to, uh, after having a kid, trying to re-identify yourself. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's like you're like a whole new person. Your body changes. You know, you see your friends. They're like my friends. They didn't have no kids. So, you know, they are out living their college life, having fun. Um, So, yeah, I think it was the hardest part, like trying to like wishing you could do stuff. But, you know, you're, you're here being a mom and trying to figure out life and being like tired and changing like your whole world basically changes. Mm-hmm. How do you think you, um, how do you think you dealt with that? And and so I, I hear you when it, when you say it's hard or it was hard at that time and, you know, seeing others, your same age, um, doing the things that we would typically do at that age and in college and you, you know, having responsibilities now, how do you think you managed all of that and found a place to where, you were able to get back to regaining a sense of self. I think what helps me is like, um, I'm very, I think my personality, I'm very chill. I don't really get overwhelmed. I try to focus on my main goals and not do anything what other people are doing that I know is not going to benefit me. Like I don't, Mm -hmm follow what everybody else is doing or try to live the same life I had prior to a kid. Cause sometimes you can't do that. You have right. new, new roles, new goals to try to figure out in life. Like I know I want to know the, give me a degree to help me better my life for my child. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you brought up um, the fact that, you know, you tried really hard not to, you know, compare yourself to others, even though you obviously knew, you know, that that was a time in your life where you could have been doing those things. I think that's something that we often see, even like I'm two years into motherhood and I sometimes compare myself to other moms and I'm like, man, I wish my kid was a little bit older so we could be doing X, Y, and Z. Or, oh, I wish yes. he was a baby or smaller so we could be doing this. But yes. the truth is what you just said in the end, which is, you know, I need to focus on and moms can focus on the fact that where you're at right now is where you're supposed to be, right? And like trying yeah. to figure out how to make whatever situation that you're in now work um, for where you're at right now. And I think that's an important message that, you know, the comparing game, man, you mentioned also like body image or like your weight having changed and like trying to figure out how that affected you. And we yes. do this comparing game so much in motherhood. Because yes, so. it's so crazy. Like I never worked out. I was always mm-hmm. small. Was like anything I ate, it didn't like my stomach would not bloat or anything. I was just always small. Then mm-hmm. I had a baby, then oh, that went away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now talk to me a little bit also about um, the stressors that you might have experienced being long distance. So you mentioned that you were, I believe, in the Carolinas and your husband in Ohio, maybe. I think you said Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. Um, How did you deal with those stressors and if you don't mind sharing what what did some of those stressors look like I know obviously like not having your partner physically there um, but I heard you also mention support was there and wanted to help but you were like no 
this is my baby. I want, you know, I want all hands to be my hands in the pot. So talk with Mm -hmm. us about that. So um, I would say the the most stressful thing is trying to coordinate when you can talk because he's in school and mm-hmm. then he's playing sports and I'm here and I'm in school and working. So the hardest thing was to like coordinate when we can talk, when you can see the kid. And I was always tired. Like I would just be asleep. Then he would like miss talking to him until the next day. But that was mainly the most stressful thing. And and my son, he wasn't, um, he would just cry to eat and go back to sleep. So that wasn't a bad part. And the yeah. positive thing was his family um, was very helpful and supportive and anything I ever needed, they needed help. My family also um, helped me with um, whatever I needed. But yeah, I think it was like the main stressful things, the long distance, trying to coordinate um, talking when you can see your kid and everything. Because, you know, he's a baby. So about time he comes, he don't really know him or see him that much. So, you know, when he comes home, you know, he kind of don't really know him until he's home and he gets to bond with him right i think that was more of an issue with it hurt i think that was more affecting him because you know when you see your son your son don't really recognize you because you're not here because you're trying to have a career in life also that you can do for him so i think that was something that affected him also I would imagine it would, right? When I mean, if yeah. I if I you know take dad out and think about you, I would imagine yeah. that you would be like in yeah, the exactly. same exact mindset. Yeah, that you you want your baby to look up and have those googly eyes at you too, and y'all be able to bond. Would you say that things were different? And I'm going to jump back and forth. Would you say that things were different compared to pregnancy, postpartum? is it relates to your son and your daughter in terms of support and what support looked like? Yeah, I would say that because I feel like I, with my son, I was very, I got this, I'm going to do everything. Then when I look back, I realized, no, I should have said, no, here you go. You Mm -hmm. can help me. You can do this. With my daughter, I, um, that's what I started to do. And, you know, and my husband, her dad was here. So, you know, it helped out a little more with um, just helping her, with him, us raising her together instead of me with my son. So I feel like it was a smoother journey. And I, and I was old and I'm old and I was older, too. So I was, mm. how old am I now? 30. So I was 26 when I had her. Yeah. So that's a difference that too in my life. There's like two different times in my life where I'm like, I'm kind of like older and I'm not, a, I wouldn't say a kid. I was adult, really 18, <laughs> an adult, uh, figuring out life. It wasn't, it was like two different worlds. Like I was 18 trying to figure out life, missing out stuff compared to when I'm 26, mm-hmm. I already done did everything I needed to do. Yeah. Those experiences are already there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Talk with me a little bit about how you think you um, may have relinquished a little bit of that control. So I hear you talk about the difference between um, leaning into that support with your daughter versus with your son. And I know we said that time had a lot to do with it, lived experiences. But one of the things that I hear a lot from moms is... um, just wanting to have on that superhero cape and kind of wanting to, you know, 
<laughs> wanting to do it all, right? And so compared to, you know, your pregnancies, postpartum period to where you are now, what do you think really helped you apart from time, apart from, um, you know, lived experiences? Do you think what it was, you know, your needs going unmet? Do you think it was you saying, okay, self-care isn't being prioritized within myself or I'm losing my identity again? Like, what do you think helped you to kind of relinquish that control, take off that cape and allow others to kind of step in and do some of those task-oriented stuff? I think it's because with my son, I didn't want to feel like a burden. What I did was a burden to others. Mm -hmm. by me having a child young and just I felt like them helping me with it would be like um how my life is changing would affect them too in a bad way I don't know why I felt that way but that's how I felt I was like I'm just gonna do everything but as he like grown through the years you see like it's a positive thing like you're not affecting them in a negative way so Mm -hmm. with my daughter that's, I think, one of the reasons I'm like, yeah, this is, I just let everything go, kind of. It's like, yeah, I'm going to just ease up because I felt like it wasn't a burden to them. It's like everybody, it was a positive thing. and Everybody enjoyed helping me raise my son. Yeah. I feel like sometimes we miss those moments. Like I, I, I talk to my husband all the time about um, even sometimes I'm like, no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> and even yeah. with him. And like I miss out on those moments, too. So I, I appreciate you saying that because that is a reminder for us all to sort of look for evidence that goes against that thought that says yeah. you're a burden. Like look for stuff that shows like, no, like they want to do these things. I know. They want to help out. Yeah. I don't know I what like it is. I miss I... those things, too. Yeah, I, did I don't well. know what it is i'd be like no i got it when i really want to say yeah do this <laughs> i don't know what it is i'd be like right. no i got it when i really be like no here go away but now as they get older i'm like yeah you can go do that uh-huh yeah so maybe that's my infant thing i don't know but as they get older i'd be like yeah you can go do all right. that <laughs> you're like i've had i've, I've had yeah. my fair share for today you yeah <laughs> Go see daddy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. I get it. I get it. That, that's me by the nighttime. By the night, I'm just like, okay, yeah. All right. My my shift has ended. Yeah. Um, so since we're talking about, you know, taking a step back from tasks and letting others help out, talk to me about what self-care looked like for you during your postpartum periods for both pregnancies and what challenges you might have saw and what things helped you to like refocus on how to pour back into yourself. So challenges and success with how you poured back into yourself. Let's see. My, my challenges were, I would say my challenges were um, trying to be too strong when you need help. Mm. And the problem with that is you tell everybody no when you need to tell everybody yes because it becomes a burden on you and affects you and your mood and other people can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, you asking for help does not lessen who you are as a person or lessen you as a mother. Um, mm-hmm. And the, saying that is, yes, you need to take time to yourself. Yes, if, I know you feel like you're, you want to complete the task basically if your child is crying you want to know why they're crying even though they can be crying for hours you just want to figure that out on your own even though 
there's somebody here to help you with that. And that's one thing you need to just realize. People are here to help you, not to take away from you. You're always mm-hmm. a mother. You're always there for support. So the thing that helped me was um, allowing people to help me with anything mm-hmm. I need. And also taking time to just be with yourself sometimes. Sometimes you just need to go sit in a room and just sit back and relax to zone in yourself. Yeah. I can appreciate what you said. And I actually wrote it down. You said you taking time for yourself doesn't take away from you being a mom or from you as a person. And I think that was beautifully said. And again, a reminder to all of us moms listening that our definitions of what a mom is or what a mom should look like, that's all determined by us, right? So if like a a mom is supposed to, you know, make sure their kids' boo-boos get wiped down and, you know, heal up nicely if they fall, you're still a good mom if you say, okay, I need to like go in the room, like you said, and lay back and just rest. And that's yeah. totally fine. Like that does not take away from who you are. Where do you think in talking about that? Um, because I really appreciate you saying that. Where do you think your idea of motherhood came from? Like, do you think it was influenced from women around you, from, you know, society, maybe things you watched growing up or things you listened to? Or do you think aspects of that in your own understanding and how your relationship with your partner were kind of helped you figure out what mom looked like for you that's a good question I don't think um I would say it will be from different things I think um from growing up and how I grew up um I would say the way I grew up was not a lot of emotions which is weird but I the when I met my husband family they were the opposite like mm-hmm. uh hugs and all that. So I think the two of that um helped me understand what type of mother I wanted to be. I know I wanted to be a listener. Um always defend um my kid. Uh let's see, always teach them to be a leader, not a follower. Um always be kind. It's like believe in who you are. It's like, those are like my top things, really, like being the mother and always being caring and always being there for support. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, you're always going to feel like you're always missing something. You're not always good, but it's just like motherhood. You're going to always see the sunshine in your kids' faces when they come, when they see you. Mm-hmm. Or if you leave, they're going to always want to know where you at and they're going to call you, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think we're all, you know, to some degree, we have that mom guilt where we're like, yeah. like, I, I, listen, today, like, I'm, 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 break. I'm having a break. I'm wondering what my kids are doing. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, today we went outside to the park. Um, we walked around, like even out, like when once we got back home, like we played matching. We did so much stuff together today. And yeah. literally I had a thought in my head, like, man, we didn't read that new book that we got. And I'm like, yeah. Crystal, like you got it. You got to back up, right? Like you got to yeah. give yourself a break. And so I appreciate the fact that you said when you look at your children, you hear their laughter, you see their smiles, you see that sunshine. That is your cue right there that you are doing a good job. So I appreciate you saying that because 
I think we all struggle sometimes with like figuring yeah. out like who we are in motherhood and what it means. Are we doing enough that you yeah, are? Yeah, you know, social enough? media, you'll see one thing, you'll be like, hmm, like, mm-hmm. I've never yep. did that, never thought about that, I don't know. But yep. then I just be like, everybody's different. Um, yep. Once your child is happy and enjoying life, you're doing a great exactly. job. Exactly. The beautiful thing about it is the fact that, you know, it's like a full circle moment. Like you have the the mom guilt or you have that thought that says you're not doing enough. But as long as you're able to kind of get over that hump and kind of show mm-hmm. yourself like, oh, OK, they were smiling today. They did laugh. Look, they yeah. are fed. <laughs> yeah. I can't change their diaper. Like they, they're good. They they are good. They're OK. So, yeah, that I, I, I love the fact that you said that um, you yeah. also. Were you about to say something, Kanisha? No, I was waiting on you. You um you also mentioned that um when we were talking about this, you said it was aspects of, you know, how you were raised, your partner and his family and y'all's joining together. I would imagine that, you know, with different upbringings, perhaps there are different parenting styles or just trying to navigate that in the beginning may have been a conversation or discussions um, because we each come with our own things coming into it, a marriage yeah. and coming into a family. How did you all navigate the differences in maybe your upbringing and um, how you're doing right now with, with navigating all of that? You know, it's almost just like a day by day thing. Cause I'm a softie. I am. <laughs> I'd be like, no, they didn't mean it. You know, let's just talk it out. And he's like the more person that be like more to discipline or take something away or mm-hmm. her, like uh he like they act totally different with him than they act with me. It'd be like rooms would be clean and everything when he's around. When I'm around, it's like we just they just so free spirit and be like, um, okay, okay, okay <laughs> with me. And then with dad, it was like, okay, and it's done. <laughs> I'd be right. like, really? <laughs> but for me, I'm like that's how it was. It wasn't like I had to keep my room clean. I didn't have to. I didn't grow up having to, having to do that. Him, mm-hmm. he had to keep his room clean and everything yes. else. Like it was like totally different. He grew up saying yes, ma'am, no, sir. Like that's something he was used to saying. I didn't really have to say that unless it was like a serious moment. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for me, it's like um, we kind of got a common ground on more of respect for us and the kids, the kids to each other and the kids to us. And so like for me, um, like the yes ma'am, no sir, that doesn't bother me. That's just me. But if you, if I feel respected, how you talking to me, that doesn't bother me. For him, he likes to hear that. That's just how he grew up. So that's not like a lose-lose type of thing. So I think it's just basically, um, you kind of, it's like you, it's like almost you kind of know, even though you don't discuss it, because you really don't know until the incident happens, what's going to happen until uh, then you, you two step away and, and talk about it. Right. Because you yeah. can always say like, I'm going to be the spanker. And then you be like, oh, don't do it. He didn't mm-hmm. mean it. It's like, you never know until the incident happens. Right. So y'all in your household, y'all typically um, have a meeting of the minds and come together and figure out what's the best approach. Yes. 
Okay. Okay. Do you think that there are differences in um, the way that you parent versus, or the way that you and your spouse parent versus how you were raised, right? And so I know, for instance, in our household, um, we had a different discipline style versus Mm -hmm. the way that we're raising our son, Miles. Like, it's totally different. We do like a bunch of it like, sure we do a lot of like listening, a lot more listening yes. than my mom did. That's the thing. When I grew up, it was like, you get in trouble, but you can't say your, what, like say your point of view. It was just like, you in trouble, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, or you would get a whooping for for mm-hmm. no reason. Very different. Very my, different approach. I think from that, it was like, dang. I didn't even get to say how I felt or what the incident yeah. was. So I yeah. felt like I'm really like, I think that's why I'd be like, I brush part of stuff on the rug and I'm say stuff sometimes. So that's why I prefer to let my kids speak their emotions or tell me what's exactly. wrong. Cause I always want you to come to me and tell me anything that's on your mind or what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And feel heard. I yeah. feel like we forget that little people also have big emotions, right? Yeah. Like they 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 experience anger just like we experience yeah. anger. I feel like you can't you can't display an action and expect your kid mm-hmm. not to display that same action. But right. you can do it but they can't. So you you teach them mixed signals. Like mm-hmm. you can you can cry at the fool, but when your kid does it, it's a problem. Exactly. You know what's what's interesting is, and I was thinking about this the other night, actually. I saw a post on Instagram, I don't even know how long ago, maybe like a year ago. And it said, you know, if you were to, and this is trivial, but if you were to like spill a glass of cereal on the floor, no one would come and yell at you you would just clean it up, right? Yeah. And so when your kid makes a mistake, they let's say they get a marker and they like, you know, leave the top off of it and it like bleeds on the floor or something. Like if you were to do that same act, no one would like dog you out for it. No one would be yeah. on your back about it. You just like clean it up and get it done. The same thing applies to kids. And I thought to myself, like, that is a really great way of explaining to people that like kids are deserving of a full range of emotions and experiences just as adults are. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with that. I don't feel like you should, just because what people say, they're a kid, they don't have an opinion. I believe everybody has an opinion and needs to be exactly. heard on what the problem is. Because if you yeah. continue to shut a kid out or shut a kid down, then they will no longer speak to you. Right. Yeah. And this is a difficult, this is a different way of parenting that I think a lot of, even my family members are not like accustomed to like, it. yeah. <laughs> I feel like they have their opinion. There's nothing wrong with it. When right. I was growing up, blah, 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 like, well, uh-huh. this is how I'm raising my kids. This is a whole yeah. different time you, frame. You like, have family members that are my age who have kids the same age. And I'm just yeah. like, that just don't work over here. Like, we don't yeah. do that in this house. So like, it's so funny. Miles, he'll, he'll do things and, He'll be so upset, like let's say he can't get his truck like to to sit the way that he wants it to sit, and he like gets upset. He starts like throwing Legos, and I'm like, Miles, what, what is the matter? 
Yeah. If I were to see that happen in, you know, some other families' households, yeah. it would look totally different. And I feel like yeah. the big piece that's missing is then you tell your child in like an underhanded way that like their feelings are invalid. And yeah, yeah it's just it's just it's just such a different approach that I'm actually glad to hear another mom say that they do the similar things. I like, am most people like I like when some people like try to hide how the key relax, like, hold on, I can't believe they don't usually do this at home. Me, I'm like, yeah, they do this. This is what they do. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not stopped. Like, I don't switch up how my kids at nope. She's a little hyper today. She's tired. That's what it is. Like, I don't yeah. try to, like, some people try to make the kids sit down. Be quiet. Don't do nothing. But you know, yeah. you can't at home running around the place. Like, no, this is yeah, what they like do. Like, they're children. This is what they're kid. supposed they're to do. Flip. She's probably going to yeah. run and fall, but she'll be fine. My son, you're going to run and play with somebody. Like, this is what they do. I'm not going to change who they are. So you, so I feel like, most people I feel like who do that for, like, judgment. No, I'm like, this is who my kid is. They're not yeah. catching nobody out. They're not That's hitting it. nobody or doing nothing disrespectful. They just playing around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that I think that that's even a great point that like a lot of times we react to situations based off of how we think we're being perceived or judged. Yep. I think you hit the nail on the head. That's it. That is it's exactly a lot of judgment. Some people feel like either it's how they probably think of how somebody would think of them. And I'm just like People gonna judge you no matter what you do. You can be the, the nicest person on earth with a given heart, and you can just do like say no, don't do this, and then all of a sudden they mindset change of you because of that one thing you said. People gonna yeah. always judge you. I remember I told my cousin at her baby shower, um, "Do what's best for you because you know your child more than anybody, and you you are the number one." person for your child so don't let somebody who's never around your child persuade you from what you know is right exactly listen we could be on this episode talking about this one thing i know (laughs) for the rest of your episode but i want to get some more insight from you i want to get some other stuff this was it's so funny that we like are like on the same page when it comes to this that's pretty cool um the other thing that I wanted to ask you is I know that for a lot of moms, myself included, navigating that postpartum period could sometimes be a little difficult. And so obviously self-care is one thing. That's like the regular maintenance type of stuff that you do to like hold yourself together throughout the week. But like, what are your go-to coping skills? Are Is it like going to therapy? Is it journaling? Is it like connecting with nature? Is it religion? Is it like, what are your go-to to help you like get through difficult moments? Let's see. I think my go-to is like just being to myself and just sitting in the room. It can mm. be for five minutes and I, that's all I need and I will be fine. It can be like chaotic, crazy day. So as long as I get my little five minutes to the room, just sitting mm. there. I don't know what I'll be doing, but I might just be sitting there and I'll be good. And mm. I'll get my sleep. I don't think, I feel like with my son, I was like very tired. Like I had like no energy. Like I didn't know what was wrong with me. Like I had no energy. I didn't want to do anything. Like I don't, I don't think nothing would motivate me then until he got a little older. 
because you know I guess like the older you get, the less help they need. So it was almost like, okay, it's time to wake up. Yeah, like get out of that trance of of being tired, fatigued, don't know what's going on with with, with your life and everything. But with my daughter, I don't feel like I was tired. I felt like I don't. I think hers journey. I guess me being older, and I was only out of work for like six weeks, and I went back. So my mind was busy after that. Okay. I think okay. my son. I think I was out of work longer, so your mind just sits there and wonder. Mm, okay. Yeah, you mentioned solitude in the beginning, just kind of being present with yourself. And I feel like you do lose out a bit of that. Like I talk to moms a lot about how, you know, coming into motherhood, beautiful thing, right? But Mm -hmm. sometimes there is a lot of grief that happens because you miss out on time being spent to yourself or time doing other things or just being able to have moments to be present, right? And so I'm right there with you with that solitude. Sometimes I find myself sitting and being- yourself. You like you don't know who you are sometimes anymore. You're just Mm -hmm. here. It can happen. It definitely can happen. You're here and you just don't, like, I'm just trying to get day by day I'm here, which is nine times 10, not always a good thing, but it's like it gets the day done. But I feel like- if I just get my eyebrows done, I feel great. If I get my hair done, I feel great. That self-care. That self-care. You know, if I can just sit in the bathroom, nobody don't knock on the door. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just different things. It depends on what it is. Get get your favorite drink or something. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a... Um a good gem right there for all of us just to be sure that we're aware of what our tools are like what what are our go-tos that we can do because you know some stuff like you said don't work for everything like mm-hmm. you know everybody you can... has something differently like yeah. as long as it's not something that's gonna hinder you in a crazy way like drugs or something or something right. out of the out of ordinary but you know as long as it's something that don't put you down but it feel like it's bringing you up right and I, I get what you're saying I get what you're saying because even sometimes sleep like sleep is a really good thing because you obviously can pour back into yourself for that moment of rest but also your body physically needs that but sometimes we can like you sleep for example as like a way to avoid stressors as opposed, yeah. as opposed to like trying to problem solve those stressors because they're gonna mm-hmm. still be right there when you wake up so I get what you're saying when you say like using stuff that um, maybe used in the wrong way I get what you're saying yeah yeah what do you think um you now know about yourself since having your sweet babies that you did not know about yourself before coming into motherhood I would say what I know about myself now um Mm -hmm. I would say just go with the flow I was like I'm really that first parent second parent first parent straight second parent like it is what it is I will say just trust your gut and your instinct. Um, don't if you don't feel comfortable in the situation or nothing's right, don't let it happen because right. you, you know yourself that it's not what you something you didn't like and you're gonna always regret it or think about it. I would say do your best and just do what you think is right. I think before I used to be like I don't know, mm, 
Um, I would just follow whoever advice and mm. just because I, you know, trusted them. And I was like, mm, I don't know. But I was like, I guess because I feel like you know more or whatever. And now I just feel like I feel like you just follow your gut and do what you believe. Yeah, I think that's a good piece of advice right there. You mentioned, you know, following others advice. I know in motherhood, this is a phase in a lot of people's lives where sometimes you get a lot of unsolicited advice. Like, I didn't ask for that. Like, yeah. I don't need you imposing your beliefs on me. Yeah. What do you think helped you to create boundaries in your motherhood experiences? I think from coming from a head home, head strong household, I mean, family, like everybody always got an opinion about something. So mm-hmm. I think. Um, from there, you're able to form your own opinion, opinion and say what you need. It's it's kind of, it depends, it really depends on the situation and the person. Because a person, some people can, you can be headstrong with what you believe, but that certain person can change your mind in a heartbeat. So, um, yeah, I, I guess just, it's a, it'd be a lot. I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> Did you <laughs> do do you feel like there were moments that you um had ideas about and I'll give an example. So like sometimes I hear moms say like, "Oh, you know, my mother-in-law is telling me like put rice in the baby's milk or like and that's just an example, but just unsolicited yes. advice that like you either aren't there yet or you're still trying to figure it out you and your partner or you just want to do some more research but they're like pushing their ideas or beliefs on that you. did happen and i'm trying to figure out what it was it was somebody like like that's your kid and that was my kid um <laughs> i'm trying to think what it, it was something like that like i'm gonna do this i'm like it's not your kid this is my <laughs> child uh-huh it'd be like yeah. strong stuff like that and i'd be like no. Okay, okay. We're not doing that. <laughs> mm. Were you always someone who was able to say no? Or did you kind of just say okay, but walked away and never did whatever advice they said? Or were you I always... I, I okay. Eventually, I was the okay, yeah, sure, whatever type person didn't do it. Now I should be like, no. Okay. All right. Yeah, and it, it, it takes a while for some to get to that point to where they are able to be assertive, I guess is the right word, in the communication regard, regarding unsolicited advice. But it's a struggle. Yeah. It is. It, can it be is. A it depends sometimes. on like where you're living. Like, mm-hmm. th- th- what Are you still living with your parents? Are you right. living with somebody, a family member? Compared to living like on your own, so that's how your judgments can be swayed too. Like you got other people around you to give all this extra information on how they did everything and it's right, and you can't do it how you want to do it because it's new. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that there are ways that you um, practice self compassion, and so you know, being kind to yourself? treating yourself just as you would treat, you know, another mama or your best friend or a family member that you really care about? Like, do you practice that aspect within your motherhood journey or within, you know, your personal life? And if so, what what does practicing self-compassion look like to you? I feel like I've always been a listener and never judge. I remember I mm. listened to um, 
Look, Amanda Seals, she was like, um, her friend gives her advice if she were her, not if she in her like she give advice for her, the mm. person, not for me myself. If it was me, I would do this. No, if it was you, you would do this. Yeah. So my thing is I'm pretty open. I don't judge, you know, everybody goes through different things in their life. So never say never because you never know what's gonna happen. Um, I believe in just being listening. But being a listening ear does not mean of being agreeable to every crazy anything they say. You can always state your opinion without being rude or anything. So and for me, you, I was oh, going to no. ask you, Kanisha, do you practice that like towards yourself? Do you mirror that towards yourself? So like, do you practice that level of kindness to yourself? Like not judging yourself, giving yourself a break when it comes to certain things, be it like tasks or thoughts that are difficult like oh you're a bad mom or like do you also practice that same level of compassion that you give to other people to yourself um yeah I think one thing for me I don't put myself in a situation that's gonna overwork me or make me like anxious or frustrated or stressed okay i don't believe in like force i know some people who like work 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 mm. and run yourself tired i believe in taking breaks <laughs> you're like i know what that is <laughs> i need a break i'm tired so i can re-energize be ready for tomorrow mm-hmm. so that's like just that. me i like that yeah and we, we're not always good stewards of like turning that back to ourselves and saying, okay, you know, you're also deserving of that break or you're also deserving to like not cook tonight and order out or uh, <laughs> don't fold that laundry. Let it just sit there for a little shit <laughs> for a day or two. Uh, now. That's my, that's my, my challenge right there. I'll be trying to, <laughs> some days it's good. Some days living out the basket. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Look, to be in for me to be transparent, that's not <laughs> even my chore. That's my husband's chore. That's how much yeah. I don't like to do it. Um, I'm like, as long as it's wash and dry, y'all good. <laughs> yeah, like just dig through it. I get it. I get it. But we need those moments where we're able to say like, no, like whatever we say to our best friend to say to ourselves. So I'm glad to hear that you're also practicing in that way. Um, cause that's so important. That's so important. Yeah. I'm not like a perfectionist or anything. I'm pretty much good with the flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes having, having responsibility, like littles. I try sometimes... to make tasks like complete this, complete this. Mm-hmm. Cause once you complete it, you really do feel like, oh, I have time to do whatever else I want to do. Cause that task is done. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know with me, sometimes I struggle with saying, um, Crystal, like you, like you do not have to do this thing. Like you can, you can let it just sit there for a little bit. And so reminding myself that I can also like, like I would say to my best friend, I would say like, girl, no, like, don't even worry about that today. Like you sound tired. You just told me you are take a break. And I always say like, girl, if you'll say that to Alexis, you need to say it to yourself. Like you need to take a break. So yeah, it's a constant, it's a constant struggle, especially when you either work or you're like, I don't know if you are, but like I'm the preferred parent for miles. And so he comes to me with 
everything. And so they come and for so, me. I could be in the shower. They come for me for everything. You can be opening a drink, and I'd be like, "Your dad is sitting on the couch." Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I don't so know. you feel like you have to do it, right? Yeah, like, like sometimes yeah. you feel like you have to. Yeah. Mom, mom. I'd be like, what? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, your dad's right there. It's so weird. Yeah. Then if I say no, then they'll go to their dad and ask some questions. Would you be like, okay, now you want to ask some questions? Could have started there first, right? Yeah. <laughs> so tell me, we're winding down here. Tell me, um, and you don't have to get specific. Um, but is there a situation within your motherhood experience, be it with your first or your second, where it was really, really difficult for you and you didn't know how you were going to get through it? And then reflecting back on it, you're like, man, like I totally bossed up. Like I got through it. I survived it. I'm on the other side. But in that, in the thick of it, you were like, shit, this is hard. Like, I, I don't know how. And it could be big or small. Is there anything you can think of? I'm trying to think. Only thing I think it was the hardest part was with my son having a young son going to school and going to work. It was like, um, let me see. I would like take him to daycare. Like I think I was going to school from like eight to twelve or eight to one or something like that. Then once I got to school, I'll go straight to work and get off like at nine or something, and then go get him and start the whole day over again. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'd be working the weekends. I think that balance and not giving up, you'd be like, because you really be like, oh, I don't want to study. Oh, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. It's like, but I need to do it because I want a better life for us. That's right. what I would say. That's the only thing juggling all of that would would, would be would have been the hardest thing that I can think of that I got through looking back on everything. And looking back, you know, what are, you know, if there was something that you could say right now to Kanisha back then, what would you tell her now? Uh, Take that help that was offering you mm-hmm. so you can be a rested, better person. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of being tired and overwhelmed, I, I would have took the help mm-hmm. that was offered then yeah I think that that's a that's a good message um and I think we should all like have these moments where we reflect back on like okay like right now I may be going through something but I also have been through other stuff and I have survived it I have you know maneuvered through it and figured out my way so like I can get through this tough thing also um And so those messages to ourselves are so important just to like validate and affirm that, you know, we are survivors each yeah. and every day. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, um, everything isn't as glamorous as it always seems. Some maybe I don't base your life on social media. Some stuff looks so glamorous and amazing. And it's usually not. That's like one thing. It's something something may happen, may not, but you know, when it comes, I say push through and be as strong as you can be. If you need help, speak up. Yeah. Yeah, the help is there. Um if you and have then if the it's help not Yeah, and then if it's not physically there or like you look around and it's not there, there's a community, much like what yeah, we're doing. Yeah, there's a now. lot of communities out here. Even the person you probably don't you think that's probably yep. want you probably mm-hmm. the person you probably think they won't help you probably will help you. 
Yeah. You probably have some type of help out there. You know, he's probably just scared to ask for help. But it's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff out there there to help you. You know, one positive thing with COVID is it's brought on access to like virtual support so like when I tell you everywhere I turn I see a support group for moms over here a support Uh group for moms about this specific issue over here and I'm just like this is this is a good thing that COVID has brought about because it's connected so many women who are struggling or so many parents who are struggling um to like find their community yeah I feel like it's more stuff now than Ten years ago, I don't remember. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I feel like there was nothing around. Mm Hmm. For sure. Yeah. Do you think that um, there's anything that another mom who may be listening that they um, could benefit from knowing about your story that we have not talked about? Is there anything that you'd like to share that we haven't mentioned? Um. Let's see. I don't think so. I can't remember what I talk, what I talk about because I'd be talking and can't remember what I said. That's, that's another thing. If you're forgetful, it's okay because you got a lot going on. <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, all I can say is try your best as good as you can be. And, you know, some stuff happened. You might have family drama or whatnot. But, you know, um, you... The other parent and the child is what matters the most to try to figure out what yeah. needs to be done to make a better positive environment. Because sometimes they can be some persuasive from both ends, but you know, do what's best for y'all and don't have the outside yelling in to frustrate the positive bubble. Yeah, I love that. I love it. That's a sweet gem to drop to end us in this episode tonight. Um, I I'm telling you, I love this episode because <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I feel like we have uh, a lot here that we could even break down some more um, and yeah. keep going on and on about. So I'm I'm so thrilled to put this episode out, Kanisha. Yeah, I'm gonna say motherhood is never ending. You never know Mm-mm. what's gonna happen or how you're gonna react. Always try your best. Don't Mm -hmm. don't ever let people bring you down. I feel like that's the number one thing. Uh, Outside opinions try to they try to force on you to bring you down and make you second guess yourself or feel bad about a decision you made. Yeah, yeah, I I agree a hundred percent. And like you know that that whole idea about what we mentioned earlier about being a good mom or what it looks yeah. like, like you define all of it. You define yeah. it. You bring meaning to your story as powerful as it already is. Yeah. You, you, you define it. Um, yeah, I'm with you a hundred percent. I am with you. This was so great. So Kanisha, this was so good. I felt like we had a lot of things Ooh. in common. I felt like there were yes. a lot of things that we normalized, um, and affirmed for other moms who may be listening as well. And I loved, loved, loved our discussion on parenting because um, I don't feel like we talk about that enough or get to I talk know, about. I know, that's a good topic right there. It is, it is, it is. It's it old schools, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> it, it's going to be good. I feel like <laughs> listeners are going to love it. So I appreciate you 
taking the time to come on to the Birth Story Thank Therapist you. podcast. And again, appreciative that you allowed me to hold space for your story and for your motherhood experiences. And yeah, this was good. Yeah. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. I was, I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. And I'm just going to be me. <laughs> and you were, and we loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. All right. You take Thanks care. You too. All right, bye-bye. As always, it's important for me to know that this podcast does not replace being connected or receiving therapeutic services from a licensed mental health clinician. If you are experiencing a life-threatening emergency, please call 911 or go to your local emergency room. You can also find additional resources on episode two, one being postpartum.net, where you can get connected with support groups, as well as therapist, psychiatrist, other providers within your community that may be of service to you on your motherhood journey. Again, that resource is postpartum.net, but you can find additional ones on episode two. Thank you.